Hi everyone, this is Lifestyle with Gay Black Boy, and I am, ooh, I didn't think of a name again this week. You know what? I will be Monkey D. Luffy. Pretty easy one. I will buy you a drink if you know it. I have actually bought one person a drink at a party. I don't remember it, and I don't remember paying for it. I just know that it was a bring-your-own-bottle event, so they still got a drink, but... I will get you a drink if you know who that is and what anime they are from. <laughs> um, so I hope you guys have all had a great week. It's Friday. Thank God it's finally here. I am just tired of being sick. It's been a shitty week. <laughs> My birthday was great. Thank you for all the birthday wishes. I truly appreciate them. It was a fantastic birthday. Um, after recovering from whatever cold and infection I had in my lungs leading up to my birthday, now, a day after my birthday, essentially, I get sick again. You know, who knows? It's just the world. But um, it still has been a great week, and I hope you guys have all had a great one. You know, I am loving seeing all the impeachment talks and watching individual one go crazy on television, screaming rants and It's like watching the ultimate temper tantrum from a child, and I am just enjoying every moment of it. It's beautiful to see. I mean, it's a train wreck. It is a train wreck, but it's a train wreck that my fingerprints are not on. So I am very, very happy to watch this train wreck. Um, So, you know, like always, guys, I always say, if you like the show, please rate and share it and write a comment or review. It doesn't really do anything for me personally, but it makes this more visible to a lot more people and a lot more recommendations on podcast list. So if you are listening on a podcast platform and it allows you to rate the podcast, it allows you to leave a comment, feel free to do so. I love reading your comments. I love seeing them. It's just awesome. Um, But if you want to interact with the show, you can find me on all of the social medias at Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy or Lifestyle GBB or hashtag LGBB. You will find me. I'm on the Vero. I'm on Tumblr. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I am on the Twitter. (sighs) Twitter. It's it's an interesting place, but I'm there. Um, you can also reach out to me directly by email if you'd like at lifestylegbb at gmail.com. That's lifestyle, G is in gay, B is in black, B is in boy at gmail.com. And I'll be sure to read your information. If you want to stay anonymous, I will keep you more anonymous than an invisible dildo. Nobody will even know you have it, but you'll still be having fun with it in your pocket. So, I'm just saying, if you want to be kept anonymous, I will keep you anonymous. Um, <clears throat> I love hearing from you guys, and it just is awesome. And you can always catch a new episode of Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy every Friday. I always post every Friday. And you can also check out my new podcast adventure with my friend Danny, which is called Some Meta Shit. And we are now on multiple platforms, and we post episodes every Wednesday. If you want to come get meta with us and break down some language, I have to say it's a pretty fun time. We cut up a rug sometimes. Ooh, I like saying that. I don't know why. I just it, it felt good for a minute. 
Um, outside of that, guys, I have two announcements. One, I am building a website for the podcast, so you will be able to go to the website and you'll be able to listen and interact and I'll post a lot of my photography there as well because I've had some requests for pictures and if you would like a picture I may look into starting to sell some of my flower photography and I'll remove the watermark if you buy it so that way you now have it and you can do with it as you please. Um, The other big piece of news that I have that I feel is a big piece of news is if you are interested in going to Club Roar Roar Rochester is what it's called. I will be there as a staple that works. (laughs) And I think it's going to be amazing. The club should hopefully be opening in November. It just seems like it's going to be amazing. Everybody there is such positive people. And it's a great environment for everybody, especially a part of the queer community, especially if you're not a part of the queer community. It's just a great, great space. And I can feel the positivity coming from it. Um, so we're going to get into the episode today. Before I do that, I am going to talk about one thing that is very, very important. And it's not my normal update that I normally do, but it's very important because on October 8th, next week, Tuesday, the Supreme Court is going to hear three cases that could decide if people can be fired for being LGBTQ or a part of the queer community. I want you to take that in and understand that if you are a part of the queer community, this can affect you. It can't. You know, in the past, people who were gay were being fired from jobs. People who were gay were being discriminated against and not allowed to work certain places. The cases that are going to be heard on October 8th that will determine if LGBTQ people are protected from workplace discrimination is under the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Um, The passage of the act is in question for Title VII, which states discrimination on the basis of sex is against the law. Um, We know that the Cheeto administration filed briefs earlier this year one that makes that was making the case that sexuality based discrimination is not covered under title seven so they're saying that since it's not covered we can still discriminate against you the other thing that they filed is that they argue that transgender people are not protected under title seven so they're going specifically after transgender people which then will transfer over to the rest of the queer community let's make that very very clear this is not something that is just going to affect people who are transgendered and the reason why they're going after it this way and we have seen the division in the gay community and the queer community we see it that transgender people are still getting the short end of the stick they do not have all of the rights they don't have the equality None of us have it, and you have it more if you are a cisgendered gay white man. Let's just be honest about it. So if they say, hey, well, sexuality isn't protected under Title VII, so we can discriminate against you against that, but then the Supreme Court's like, wait, no, 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 because sexuality involves more than just transgender people, then they're going to make the argument that, okay, well, transgendered individuals are not protected under Title VII. And that's the little 
crack that they start to make in the wall. So then they can say, okay, well, if we said now transgendered people are not uh, protected under Title VII, then it's going to go to, well, bisexual people are not. Or it's going to go to just gay black men are not. Or they'll go to lesbian women are not. We know that they attack the women first. They always attack the women first and try to take away their rights and then slowly chip away at everybody else's. And we sit back because we're like, oh, well, it hasn't happened to me yet. Ringing the alarm right now. It can and will happen. So make this something that you pay attention to, please. If you care about LGBTQ and queer people's rights, you care about equality. If you care about civil rights, this is something you're going to want to watch. Um, If the court does rule in the favor of individual one's administration, this could put 11.3 million Americans who identify as a part of the queer or LGBT community as vulnerable as being fired from their job based on their sexuality and gender identity. It's very important that we look into it. I will definitely be keeping my close eye on it. And if you want to know more, you can go to the Business Insider. They have a great article posted. The Washington Post, the New York Times does. A lot of uh, LGBTQ media and news outlets have been talking about as well. So I just wanted to share that with you guys because it's something that we need to keep an eye on. And it's going to lead me into what today's episode is all about. So today's episode is called Gay, Black, and Regretful. It's all about regret, people. And I know where you think I'm going. You're thinking that I'm going to the fact that I wore a pair of high heels that were strappy and hurt my feet. I regret that. I don't regret that. Pain is fashion. (laughs) But let's get it started with a quote. And this quote is going to come from the comedian Jim Carrey, who I just think is amazing. But he said, if you aren't in the moment, you are either looking forward to uncertainty or back on pain and regret. So regret. Regret is something that is universal across the board for humans. Regret is an emotion we all feel at some point in our lives. You know, maybe you drank too much one night, made a complete fool of yourself then saw this guy who you really, really have a crush on and you walk over to him and because you're drunk, you're very uninhibited. So you flirt with him and then you start kissing him. And then the next thing you know, you happen to throw up in his mouth. Um, That's instant regret. I mean, that is instant regret. Needless to say, uh, there definitely wasn't a second date or an exchange of phone numbers after that situation. But, you know, <laughs> it, it it created regret. And it, it can change, you know? I mean, there's other kinds of regret that's out there. I, You know, I'll give you an example of regret. You buy a pocket rocket. If you're not familiar with what the pocket rocket is, it is not a sex toy. I am talking about the pocket rocket. It's a little scooter, scooter you get on. It looks like a mini motorcycle and you zip around all over the place. So maybe you decide to modify it so it goes a lot faster than it was designed to. And then you decide, well, let me hop on the pocket rocket now, go at full speed. And as you're going full speed, you, instead of going in a straight line, decide, I'm going to round this corner and I can take this corner. I just got to lean into it. They do it on 
motocross and all those things I watch on television. And, you know, as you turn the corner and you feel it start to tip over a little bit more than you thought it was going to tip over. And then the next thing you know, you're rolling down the street like a bowling ball going down the alley and about to hit pens made of pain. (laughs) Instant regret and instant tattoo removal. Those can be regretful experiences. I mean, it, it, it hurts. And it can get serious because, you know, regret is not generated by typically something happy. I'm not gonna have a feeling of regret when I eat a Kit Kat covered peanut butter. I'm not gonna regret that. That is a beautiful thing to do. If you have not tried it, I suggest that you do. But, you know, there's deep regret that can happen. You know, as humans, we interact and we have the ability and capacity to offend each other. We can do things that can hurt people. We can hurt people intentionally or unintentionally. These things can re- can create regret. I mean, the feeling of regret, it's always created by one of our own actions. And it's our desire to repent, atone, or apologize to others or to ourselves for what did happen. You know, regret is power. It can change the trajectory of your actions. It can change the trajectory of your life. And it it can really change who you are. It is a deep emotion that is there that you have to work through and regret can be quite the bitch. I mean, you know, we see it on Instagram and Facebook. Like, you see the posts, like, no regrets. And then, you know, somebody's, like, got their tongue out and drinking, like, a Four loco. I'm going to regret drinking a Four loco if I drink one of those. It tastes the way a bathroom smells. So that, for me, is going to be a regretful experience. But, you know, people say live without regret. And I don't think I can sub- subscribe to that belief. Because I feel regret is something that you should have. I think it's a good thing to have. Now, I don't regret everything about life because life shouldn't be full of just regret, but it's there for a reason and it contributes to balance. The way I look at it as Libra is that there is a balance mechanism to having regret. So I think about myself and I think about the moments in my past where regret was created for me. And there are lots of these moments that have been game changers for me. You know, one thing that I think of that built up a lot of regret for me was a tattoo that I got when I was in my 20s. Um, I got a big black tattoo of the Hollister Company Seagull. If you're not familiar with what Hollister is, I'm not surprised by that. Hollister is a clothing brand which is essentially part of Aeropostale or Abercrombie and Fitch. And, you know, it, it's that strip mall classy athleisure clothing. Surfer shop and, you know, all that. Um, you know, and it, well, it still is on my left bicep right now. Um, there was no way to hide this thing. And when I first got it, I loved it. And I was like, oh. I love it because I'm always wearing Hollister. I mean, I only owned Hollister clothing my entire 20s to 25, like, period of life. 
And, you know, I'm pretty sure I had every piece of clothing they've ever offered in that store. But like most things, like most clothes, we grow out of wearing those certain things. So I, I stopped wearing Hollister. I don't, I think I have one shirt left from Hollister. And after I stopped wearing Hollister, every time I would look in the mirror, all I would see is this really bad tattoo. It wasn't a good tattoo of this dark, black, big Hollister bird. And like, it stuck out because it was, and you know, it was that a very noticeable part of my body because I have a farmer's tan. I have a farmer's tan year round. And it's just because I love wearing t-shirts, but it was like right in between where my skin was very light and then my skin was nice and chocolatey and it would stick out from a mile away. The tattoo was not done well. It looked like it was shaky with shaky writing and stuff in it. And I would always have people come up to ask me, oh, why'd you get that on your arm? What, does the Hollister bird? And then, you know, of course, I have the ones who give me a snarky comment like, oh, I bet you regret that. Or, you know, why the hell would you put that on your body? Now, I did regret the tattoo. I regretted it because it was always something that was there that I couldn't feel comfortable with. I didn't like how it looked. I didn't like the fact that I had a company's logo on my body that I don't even support. Like, I I just did not work for me. So I ended up getting it covered up. I, I tried using like tattoo removal stuff and it was excruciating. Oh my God, that crap hurt. After a while, my arm was just like raw skin 24 seven. It just didn't feel good. But I ended up getting tattoo covered with a really nice koi fish and I love it. And you can still see the bird if you look very, very closely at my arm now, but it's no longer an eyesore to me. You know, the regret I had from getting that tattoo built up because it was something that I didn't completely think through myself and I didn't take it seriously, handling the fact that I was going to have something that's going to be on my body pretty much permanently, especially with the way it was designed and done. It's hard to hide that kind of saturated black ink on your skin. So I'm happy that I got it covered up. But the fact that I know that it is still under this beautiful tattoo that I have now is a constant reminder of a situation that I regret. And it's a good thing that it's there because it has been a staple in my life to always go back and say, Andrew, this is what happens when you don't think carefully about things, when you don't think things through. Now, I had to also know that I had to move on from that regret. Moving on from the regret is all a part of that process of regret because regret is a process. You know, first you probably have some anger and animosity towards yourself and then you probably just get annoyed with yourself and then you're just like, oh, what the fuck? I'm thinking about this damn thing every day that I wake up. Can I just get a little bit of peace? And then eventually it becomes the second thing that's on your mind. Then it becomes the third thing that's on your mind. And then it becomes something that's not on your mind anymore. And it's a process that you have to go through to get through the regret. And the great part about that moving on process is once you moved on, then you can truly learn from that experience that you regret. So one of the things that I think about, especially when it comes to having regret, having regret reminds us 
that we are not perfect. I, I love that. You know, it reminds us that we are not perfect, that we are not perfect creatures, because if we were perfect, regret would not exist. We would just do everything that needed to be done and never have to think about it. It's a beautiful thing. So what I'm going to do, guys, I'm going to take a little break. And then we're going to get on to moving on from regret and why it can be so good. So I'll be back. Hi, everyone. Today's episode of Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy is sponsored by Anchor. If you're not familiar with Anchor, let's talk about it for a little bit because it's not something that's going to tie you down to the bottom of the ocean. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free. And everybody knows a girl loves free. Free is better than skinny. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. They do all of the work for you. I mean, look at this. You can hear my crazy whiny voice on over 10 platforms already. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. And then you can have your voice out there like this little girl here. So check it out, y'all. And let's get back to the show. Hey, everybody. I wanted to take a time to invite you guys into a new venture that I am starting with my best friend, Danny. And that is our new podcast called Some Meta Shit. Danny's here. I want you to hear from him, too. Hey, guys. So you may have heard me before. I was on one of the episodes of Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy in the episode Gay Black and Kinky. Um, and I'm very excited to be going on this new adventure with Andrew so that we can get into what we call Meta. Um, basically, in this podcast, we're going to be talking about our word choice and our language and how it has a deep impact on society, on other people, and on ourselves. Um, what do you think? I think it's a great adventure to go on, and it's a great venture to just take together because words mean things, people. And I am not a wordsmith, I am not a word doctor, and I'm not Kanye West, so I don't speak for a generation. <laughs> but... To go on this journey and talk about the language we use and how it affects the world and people around us, I think is a fantastic journey. Yep. So basically, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about language, we're going to talk about talking, or we're going to learn about learning. Let's get into this. If you guys want to listen, you can always check out my podcast here, Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy, and all major podcast platforms. And you can also look for some meta shit, which is our new podcast together here with Danny. And you can find us on Spotify, Anchor, and in the future to come, all major podcasting platforms. So if you want to give us a follow, you can follow us on Instagram at some meta shit. Dot, no, at some meta shit. <laughs> and we'll be on Facebook very shortly. We'll get that dot com too. Right. So check out some meta shit. All right, y'all, I'm back. So let's get back into it because we got to get into this process of moving on from regret. We got to move on from it. Moving on from it is the point where we grow and we learn something from the actual regret. So 
How can you move on from forget? You know, just like how I break down everything into steps, I have to look at it as a step-by-step process. And it's not really you do this point, you get to this point, you get to this point, you get to this point. You can transition through all of these phases in different ways. So when I think about how I move on from regret, one of the first things, like I was saying, is you have to remember you're human and you're not perfect. Perfection is the enemy of greatness. I say that to myself all the time. Perfection is the enemy of greatness. If we try to be perfect, and if we were just perfect, we have no reason to improve. We have no reason to improve at all. We're going to be stuck in the same space forever, and life would get quite, quite, quite boring, just so you know. You know, with perfection being the enemy of greatness, it's something to remember that that makes you an even better person. You know, you're going to have to expect that in this world that you are going to offend somebody. You're going to offend yourself. You're going to make dumbass mistakes. It happens. And one of the things that can help you move on from that regret is reminding yourself that you are human. You know, even though we are going to do acts that we regret, that reaction means, one, that you care. And that leads you to understanding, forgiving yourself, and growing. The fact that you regret something is a good thing. That means you care that you have possibly just done something traumatic or hurtful to yourself or to somebody else. And that takes me to the second part of starting to move on from that regret. You know, the second area that I always have to go to when I start to feel regret for a situation is understanding that regret that you're holding on to can turn into hating yourself. And I know I have to ask myself, what is hating myself for the action that I did doing to benefit me? You know, the most annoying part of regret, and regret can still be annoying even though it's a good thing, is that for me as Libra, like I said before, it throws me off balance, but then can put me right back in balance. You know, I find myself constantly in a state of calling myself a dumbass or saying, Andrew, why the fuck did you do that? Why the fuck did you put a waffle covered in peanut butter in the toaster and not expect that shit to burn and get messy? But when I start to talk to myself like that and that feeling doesn't do anything to benefit me, I have to combat it. I have to catch myself in that moment and they have to say you were not a dumbass Andrew maybe the decision was not the smartest but you're not a dumbass you're human you were human and one thing to take in mind uh to effect is that I'm not the only person in the world who did something like this to a toaster you know all products have some kind of warning label on them And the reason why they have that label is because somebody else did something with that product for them to say, hey, don't be like this person. Don't do that shit. You know, (laughs) I just think of 
just products we have in our everyday life. Like I use a paper shredder at least once a day. And there's an icon of there of a woman putting her hair in the shredder with a big circle and cross mark across it. That means somebody has intentionally put their hair into a shredder. There's a tie on there. Somebody's put their tie into the shredder shredder while they have had it around their neck. There's even, in this one, I just don't understand this, but whoever did this, you're slightly my hero, but then I also am very concerned about you. There's batteries on there. And, you know, it probably led to a very cute explosion, but I'm pretty sure battery acid in your eye from a paper shredder hurts just as much as just regular battery acid in your eye. I'm just saying. But those images are there to trigger our response to say, hey, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Somebody else already did it and it didn't end up well for them. So it's not going to end up well for you. And... That's one of the great things about getting on with regret is when you regret something, you're probably not the only person who has done what you're regretting. It can be a transitional feeling. And I'm pretty sure if you talk to your friends, they'll tell you that they have done the same thing. Now, thinking about those images that are on these products that we have, that brings me to another part of moving on from regret. Those images are meant to trigger an intellectual response from you to say, hey, don't do that. Don't touch it. Slap you in the hand. The trigger is what's important. There are things when you are moving on from regret that can be a trigger for you. You have to identify your trigger that makes you regret something. So... One of my triggers, if I go out and have a crazy drunk night and completely embarrass myself, may be seeing the actual liquor that I drink. That can be a trigger for me, where I'm in that mode of regret of, damn, I did something stupid. I fucked up last night. Then I look at a bottle of liquor and immediately get super down on myself. I create a whole apocalypse in my head about damn, Andrew, you drank that and you did it knowing you were going to get drunk and then you went out and you tried to buy pizza but because you were drunk and even though you had the money in your hand, you just ran out of the pizza shop with the pizza because you thought it'd be fun to dine and dash but you're the only person that's in this pizza restaurant so now they have a picture of your face and the police are going to get called on you. I'm not saying that that has happened but I'm not not saying that it has not crossed my mind. <laughs> I have some situations that it's, it's messy at times. But with knowing what your trigger is, then you can start to understand how to move on from that regret. And, you know, not all the time can we eliminate a trigger, but we can change how that trigger affects us. So one thing that I know is a good practice for me is conditioning. And I've talked about conditioning before. When there's an object or an item or a situation that occurs and you have to train yourself to have a different response than you normally would. So I'll use an example. I, one time as a kid, was outside playing 
and I decided to shove the metal end of a air pump into an electrical socket. Now, of course, I got shocked, shocked uh, like crazy. Unfortunately, I did not get any cool mind reading powers, and that's why I did it, because I thought I was going to get mind reading powers, because I saw a show and it happened, and you know, if it's on TV, it's real. But from that point forward, I was afraid to plug things into electro outlets. I still, even now today, and this was 22 years ago that this happened, I want to say. Yeah, I think it was like nine. Um, Still today, I'm very weary about electrical outlets and electricity in general. But I had to condition myself to understand that not every electrical outlet is going to shock me unless I'm sticking an object in it that shouldn't be going in there. You know, I tried to stick my tongue inside, shocked right away. It's going to happen. And the way to move past that and condition myself to understand that that was not going to happen is I had to literally go and start plugging things in and unplugging them and just do it myself all the time, even as a kid at that point. My uh, dad actually made me do it. He was like, go plug that in. He's like, you're not going to get shocked. Just go do it. And it helped me work through that emotion And I conditioned myself to understand that, yes, it did happen when I was doing something I shouldn't have been doing, but it will not happen all the time, you know? And that's the conditioning part of it. I think I've talked about this experiment before, and I want to say it was Maslow who did it. I probably am wrong. If I'm wrong, please, somebody just tell me. But there's an experiment with dogs. And... What the scientist was doing, he wanted to see would he be able to condition a dog to have the same response to receiving a treat by hearing a sound. So what he did, he took these little saliva collectors and put them on the sides of the dog's mouths and he would blow a whistle or play a sound and every time he played that sound, he would give the dog a treat. And he noticed every time that that sound went off, the dog would salivate because they were expecting to get something to eat. So he kept doing it, and every time the sound went off, he gave them a treat. And then he stopped giving them the treat, but still kept playing the sound. And every time the sound went off, the dog still salivated, even though they didn't get the treat. It's conditioning. We can do this to humans. It's hilarious. But that is what conditioning is. And to move past a trigger, a trigger for your regret, sometimes you do have to do that to yourself. You know, there's healthy ways and there's unhealthy ways to do it because we can do that to ourselves. I take it for myself when I drink to get over the pain or something that I'm feeling, that is me conditioning myself as that's my response to that trigger. That is an unhealthy response. It really is. Because Drinking is not going to do anything to help me. It's only going to hurt me in the end. And then I'm going to be pissed off that I threw up in some hot guy's mouth again. Wow, I just, I I just outed myself. Huh. Well, hey, uh, you know who you are. I am still sorry about that. (laughs) But, um, we have to condition ourselves to respond differently to a trigger. You know, I think about when I was in my relationship where I was ghosted and one of my favorite places to go with that individual was Church's Chicken. Church's Chicken is freaking amazing. It is delicious. I'm pretty sure I was eating genetically modified kittens, but it's delicious. And because we would go to churches all the time, 
I associated my happy feelings of love with churches because of the experience that I was conditioned with to always be there with him. So then after the ghosting occurred and I regretted ever falling in love with this individual because I took it as this is my fuck up for me, I couldn't eat churches without getting depressed. I couldn't even go past the church's chicken without getting annoyed because that individual did this to me. So what I had to do is I had to make myself go to churches and I always went with friends. I always went with other people who I had positive relationships with to say that, no, I'm reclaiming this place. This is not going to be a trigger for regret, but I'm going to make it into something for me. And that's one experience I had to do. Now, there may not be a situation like that for you if you're in a regretful space to bring somebody else in, maybe a friend or anybody else who's out there. Maybe you have to do the conditioning on your own. And there's ways to do that as well. One of the best ways that I've noticed to change the reaction to a trigger or change the conditioned response you have is with music. Music is universal. We all love some kind of music. You can't deny it. When a cute little beat comes on, your hips start moving, you want to cut up a rug. I don't care if you're one of the dudes who stands in the club and wants to hold up the wall. You will move and you know it's going to happen. So when that happens, that's a happy response from your body. Dance is a language that we can all communicate with because it's a response for you. Whenever I get into a situation where I'm by myself and maybe it's something I regret and there's a trigger, maybe a smell, an item, a person, a look, there's something that triggers my regret response, I will immediately put on a song that makes me incredibly happy. I will. And I've noticed that it helps and helps me change that response very, very fast and in a very effective way. It works. Another way to get through regret, and I will always say it because it is the best thing that I think has ever happened to me in my life, is going to therapy. Get yourself a therapist. You know, if you want a therapist, like, as like an auntie to you, boom, there you go. You want a therapist that looks like your mom, looks like your dad, acts like your mom, acts like your dad. Maybe doesn't act like anybody in your family at all. They are all out there. Because the great part about therapists, there are so many in this world that you can find somebody who can work for you. Going to a therapist, especially when you're experiencing regret, grief, or things just from the past... Having that neutral space and that unbiased person to just talk to, get through situations, and hey, sometimes you may need medication and there is nothing wrong with that. It can help you move on from a regretful situation in a very healthy and beautiful way. I will always sing the praises of therapy because therapy saved my life, y'all. So that's a great tool when you are ready to move on. And you're going to know when you're ready to move on from regret. 
you know, regret is not a bad thing. Believe it or not, it can actually do a lot of good for us. It can do a lot of good for us in our lives. You know, because the feeling of regret can run so deep with us in our lives, being in a situation where regret can just take hold of you like a little robot inside of your body and it's controlling you like you're a toy, regret can do that to you. And that's okay that it does, but it, it's okay to acknowledge that sometimes that regret is going to do something good for you in your life. You know, because it is such a strong emotion and runs so deep, we will build mountains to never go back to a regretful situation. We will build impenetrable walls inside of us and outside of us so we don't get hurt or go back into that regretful space. You know, I think of the times that I have had regret, I have built whole fucking rockets to strap to my back so I could speed past that crap like Wile E. Coyote. I I have done that. Now, I haven't literally built a rocket. Um, If anybody wants to teach me how, I would love to. Elon Musk, if you listen to this, I'm here. I am here. I want to know. But it's a good thing because regret can be a motivator for us to make sure we never end up back in that regretful space. Whether it's, it's acknowledging that maybe you talk a little reckless to people or maybe you're drinking too much or maybe you shouldn't have stuck a spoon in an electrical outlet or a bike pump pen or maybe you shouldn't have and I'm pretty sure all of us have done this one maybe you should not have poured an entire bottle of grease into a sewer that was just not a smart thing to do because it turns into tickets and fines. That is something you will regret. But because you regret it, it means you care that you fucked up and you did something bad. And now you're going to find alternatives to never end up back in that space again. I think that is the beauty of regret. And that's why I say regret can throw you off balance, but can also put you right back into balance. Because it's there for us to say, hey, hey girl, so um, I saw you, I saw what you did. I saw that you clipped that little kid. I know he was pissing you off, but I saw you do it. And then you look at yourself, you're like, oh yeah, I did. Now I did not clip a child, I will tell you that, but I've seen people do it and I've seen the instant look of regret on their face. I would feel like shit because Ugh, no child deserves to be clipped. That's, ugh, throw some Play-Doh at them. <laughs> like, something soft so they won't get hurt, but something so they know, hey, I saw what you did, little boy. But, um, I say that because you maybe acted off of emotion or anger and did something that you shouldn't have done, and that immediately created regret for you in your life. The great part about that is because you regret it, that means you have the capacity in yourself to change that. And you have to own it. You have to take responsibility for what you did if your regret is created by an action that you've done before you can move over. I'm sorry, move on, move on from it. 
And taking that responsibility, taking that accountability for what occurred and for what happened will save you so much self-harm and torture. Um, you know, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. You know, one of the things that I think, and I learned, I had to learn because I regretted myself for spending my money recklessly before. So I went out and bought costume after costume after costume and shoes and all this shit. And then the next thing I turned around, I'm like, um, oh shit, I have money for ramen noodles. And I ended up eating ramen noodles for a month straight. And don't get me wrong, I love ramen noodles. They are delicious. I love me a good bowl of ramen. But I felt the regret after eating ramen for the 15th day in a row. And I'm just like, damn, I want something different. I could at least throw some sausage or something in this bitch. But I couldn't even afford that. That was a regretful situation that immediately made me turn around and say, Andrew, create a budget plan. <laughs> Get smart with your money so that way you're not going to walk around on the verge of a stroke or heart attack with crazy high blood pressure from eating ramen noodle packets day in and day out. The regret can be a powerful thing. And I think for me, it is important to acknowledge the power of regret because you can understand that because this thing is so powerful, it has the ability to change us and change where we're going. And by knowing that it can change you and change where you're going, you can take control of that power that regret has and use it to direct your life in the way you want it to go. Jim dropping. I love it. Well, guys, that's going to be it for today's episode. Um, Thank you for listening and sitting through this with me. Um, You guys, I truly appreciate everybody who listens and I say it all the time, I would not be able to do this without you guys. And it's really, really awesome. It's really fun. And this is something that I never expected to do, but I'm excited every day to just say, hey, I have content on Apple chasing a dream that I didn't think I would ever be able to do. So if you like the podcast, I ask that you rate it, please. Give me some stars. Give me some thumbs up. Share it with your friends. Write a review. Share it with anybody you see on the street. Talk to a stranger and just say, hey, listen to this. Um, Because I want to keep this going and I want to keep it growing. And if you'd like to interact with the show, of course, you can do so through the social medias. On social media, just look for me at Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy. Or Lifestyle GBB or hashtag LGBB. You can find me on all of the social media platforms, every single one, including Vero, because I love Vero. Um, You can also send me an email, and I can keep you anonymous or say your name, or I can create a name for you. And if you want to email me, feel free to do that at lifestylegbb at gmail.com. That's lifestyle, G is in gay, B is in black, B is in boy, at gmail.com. And I'll be sure to read you your email and We'll go from there. Um, also, make sure you check out my new podcast adventure with my friend Danny called Some Meta Shit. It is available on multiple podcast platforms, including Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and a few other places. Um, we post new episodes every Wednesday, and we're going to be getting into our third episode next week. And I think it's going to be a pretty amazing one. Our most recent episode was just about privilege versus right. And I think it's pretty good, y'all. Um, so thank you guys for listening. I'm going to send us out with a quote. 
And this quote comes from Rangiku from Bleach. Love her. And her quote is, To know sorrow is not terrifying. What is terrifying is to know you can't go back to happiness you could have had. Just think about it. All right, y'all. Have a great weekend.